It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 31st. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is doing our first player profile of the bye week, and that is on Morgan Frost. Yeah, I see where we, uh, if we both agree or disagree on this one. Absolutely. We're going to get to that and our weekly Phantoms update all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the incredible Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where we post about our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, and uh, we will be having mailbags later this week, so uh, send us a message with your Flyers questions. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, uh, we put out a call on our YouTube feed. Uh, We posted about any requests for, you know, a deep dive into some players while we have this by week. And Michael requested Morgan Frost. So we were actually really excited to get Mm -hmm. this request. Uh, He's an interesting case to talk about this season. Uh, Right now, Morgan Frost has 10 goals, 15 assists for 25 points in the 50 games so far. Last season, he played uh, only 55 games and had 16 points. So he's obviously well above his point total from last season in fewer games played so far. Uh, So clearly, you know, the eye test will tell you and the numbers tell you with points that he's made a significant leap forward here and you know there are some metrics that he's made an improvement on as well his expected goals for is up his expected goals against is down Um, it's very slight but with these numbers even a slight change in that ratio makes a huge difference out on the ice Uh, his points per 60 is 1.9 Uh, He has more offensive zone starts than last season. Uh, Last season was the lowest point in his career thus far with he was 60 40 offensive zone starts and this year it's 65% to 35%. So his usage has been slightly different this season. Right. I'm not giving John Tortorella credit for this though, because he basically did this out of necessity. When he found out Kevin Mm -hmm. Hayes couldn't play center, then all of a sudden Morgan Frost got this opportunity. Had Kevin Hayes been playing center this whole time, that little extra opportunity wouldn't be there. But this development was happening even under Mike Yo. We have to give him credit for that because, uh, like you said, the difference is only slight. And when I look over the numbers, it's not a great difference. Some of those are team numbers, too, where he's just he's 
you know, paired with better players and the team is definitely better overall with team defense. So some of those have affected the numbers too, but he has just had a natural progression. And again, this is why I always say you don't know when a player is really going to start to hit their stride. Uh, some of them can come in at 18 years old, like Sidney Crosby. Some can't, most can't. And then you get someone like Morgan Frost, who's been making these little strides over the years. And now, you know, 22 going on, like he's actually 23. 23 now he's hit it and and that's fine i mean that's you know again that's a natural progression everybody's different it also has a lot to do with your line mates and usage and yeah those things have changed and he's been able to live up to it and and that's been really good for the team yeah i think that's definitely true and it's interesting the the kevin hayes of it all to get morgan frost Mm -hmm. that additional opportunity there. I I think that is where, you know, him playing center gets him on that line to your point with JVR and Owen Tippett, right? And if you look at what Owen Tippett has been doing with becoming more and more of a playmaker, Mm -hmm. I think it's allowed Morgan Frost in some ways to kind of go back and forth between being a playmaker and being the shooter in this case. And uh, I, I think that that has allowed Morgan to take more shots on net because Tippett is feeding the puck more. And you see the two of them working together behind the net. And then JVR comes in um, to post up net front, right, for, for his usual bag. And I think that's worked out really well together. And again, had a lot more people, players been healthy or playing uh, at their natural positions, Frost wouldn't even be playing center this year. Like he wouldn't. And we wanted him to play center because I think that's his natural position. Uh, What's interesting is the only thing that's down is his faceoffs, but that's natural because, again, he's playing up. Like he, you know, he probably should be a third pairing center, third third line center, and he's, you know, second line or sometimes first, uh, depending on the game. So that makes a big difference, and he's holding his own. So that's good. That's good with the points. It's good with the ice time. The skating looks good. The decision-making is much, much better. So all of that has worked out, and that's why I feel like really Tortorella hasn't had to do too much with him. This year when he got the opportunity, he pretty much grabbed it. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about him playing up, you know, relative to where he should be. And so while I wouldn't say he's overall a huge impact player on this team, you know, you look at other guys who I think are standing out a little bit more than he is. You know, Morgan Frost has improved steadily enough where he's contributing, but I, I don't think he's like a huge breakout player on this team, no, per se. But it doesn't mean it can't be next year. That's true. That is absolutely true. Uh, I, I do think also, just, you know, from the eye test, aside from the metrics, you know, he, he definitely has more confidence with the puck out there. Uh, I think that he's skating through the the zone a little bit more than he was in terms of, you know, just dumping the puck off. Now, that could be a systems thing as well, where they're emphasizing zone entries a little bit more this season yeah. than they have in, in the past. Um, they still dump the puck you know, I would say more than I would like. But um, at the same time, I think Morgan Frost has taken that opportunity. And you see him even like carrying the puck through traffic to do a zone entry. And that just shows confidence that he feels like he can come through the other side and and create a play out of it. Right. So, you know, and the other thing that's helped Frost is Noah Cates because Noah Cates, also 23, 
it's not a real big surprise. Again, hasn't needed a lot of help. And, you know, like I said, who do you want to count as the number one? You want to count Frost as the one, him as the two. Cates has played number one also. Either way, but Frost has done better on faceoffs than Cates. And so that's that's been a, a nice thing. Neither are, are where they should be, but at least right. they're, they're at percentages that, you know, um, for guys that were just starting to get the chance this year, decent. Next year, if it's those two again, and I'm I'm going to say it's going to be. I mean, again, we have not seen or heard or anything about Sean Couturier. I can't count him in the lineup. So whether Frost is one and Cates is one or either one is one or two, these are, you know, two good young guys that you can grow with. Are they superstars? No. But they're good players, and you can build around them, and I do think there's still more upside for both. And so that's the good thing. I think, you know, Cates is a little ahead of him defensively right now, but, you know, Frost right. is a lot ahead of him offensively compared to Cates. So I think it's a good comparison just in the sense they're both fighting for the same things. Yeah, and, and they have a slightly different style of play, they which do. I think bodes well for both of them in terms of you need both of their styles of play on yeah. a hockey team to be successful. So, you know, in terms of who's further up in the lineup eventually – I don't know what the answer is. It'll depend on who else is around them. Like when but, they start the second uh, half of the year, Frost will probably be the number one to start. But yeah, you know, Torts has put Cates there too. Like he has no problem doing it. Right. So just looking at some of the other things about Morgan Frost, uh, his usage, you know, we talked about how he's getting more offensive zone starts. He already has more minutes on the power play this season than he did all of last season. Uh, 120 of his 777 minutes so far, uh, according to hockey reference, are on the power play. Yeah, this is where um, the team has done a nice job in getting him out there for that. I think that's where uh, last year they failed. Uh, I actually think for the short time that Frost was under Vigneault, Vigneault was having him with the top power play with all the right guys, and he was performing until the shoulder injury. And then after that, it sort of went astray, and I think they've gotten back to that now. And that's good because he should be on it, and and he is a good power play guy. There's no question about it. Uh, he has good vision. His passing is good. His shot is, is good. His strength is much better, so he can get the pucks in the corner. Uh, he's doing a lot of that. So I just think... For whatever reason, this took a really roundabout road, and for all the people that were going to count him as a bust or write him off, this is why you don't. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about Morgan Frost and get into a potential contract for him and then uh, begin our Phantoms Tuesday report coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first 
bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. And as we know, our Philadelphia Eagles are in the Super Bowl. So bet on Jalen Hurts to throw a couple of touchdowns or anything like that. Uh, Go Birds. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Russ, getting back to Morgan Frost, I think that, you know, in terms of what he still needs to work on, uh, according to John Tortorella, he needs to clean up his own mistakes more often, that that's something he sees from other players where they have, you know, an unfortunate turnover. And that's happened with Morgan Frost Mm -hmm. this season, Um, you know, in terms of getting back to clean up your own mistakes. Um, He sees other players doing that sort of thing more often than Morgan Frost does. Do you buy that criticism? Just only to some degree. I mean, he's got 22 takeaways. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. So, you know, a lot of times in the giveaway department, he is uh, 15. So like, how often is this really happening? I think, I think he's got a warped sense of it. I do. I, I think he's, he's been really good on, on that side of the puck. And I don't have a problem. He was good on it last year, and he's even better now. So, like, I don't see it. I I think that's just something towards is saying to the media. Yeah, it could be that he never wants to gas somebody up too much and needs to find something to to be critical of. But you know, I do think he does make you know some mistakes out out there, and I, I do think that. You know, there are some things that he could work on. I would like to see him, you know, if he could be as successful on a different line to show that he's the driver of that line. I think that would be like a a step forward, because if you really dig into the metrics of that line with JVR and and Tippett, you know, the metrics are really high with those three together. They have greater than 50 percent chance of the scoring chances for versus against. Yeah. Um, If you look at natural stat trick and all of their line combo data. Um, But you find that when you take like Morgan Frost away versus taking Owen Tippett or JVR away from that combo, like the numbers go down a little bit. Yeah. And that line's going to change when JVR gets traded. Like it is. So exactly. So I want to see him in a different combination, be just as successful as he is now. I think that would be um, an important thing to prove that he it's him. It's not, the people around. No, I think it will be. I think he's he is a play driver. And the other thing is that's that bodes very well is uh only 18 penalty minutes. Now he might be up mm-hmm. a few from last year, but again, he's playing against much better competition than he had to last year on the top two lines. So that's something where, you know, that's a big deal. That's that's and and look, that's something that uh I think he has improved on just because he is facing better competition. 
it's been improving over the course of this season. I yeah. think at the beginning of the season, as we recall, he probably took a few bad penalties yep. that stood out that led to goals against. And I think that's improving, even though he does still take an occasional penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're, they're not as egregious as they were earlier in the season. So that is definitely a good sign. Uh, in terms of a, a potential upcoming contract, he is on an expiring one year, 800,000 uh, RFA deal. And so, you know, I, I look at Morgan Frost and as we get to uh, you know, approaching the trade deadline last year, that's when Chuck Fletcher re-signed Ristolainen, right? Yeah. And, and locked him in. Is Morgan Frost one of those guys that he's going to lock in early, which seems to be his method, or is it going to be off-season? No. Um, and it's not going to even be long-term off-season, I don't believe. Uh, because again, we don't know what's going to happen with the front office. Uh, we we know the coach likes him. Uh, we don't know how much input the coach is going to have into his next contract. So based on all that, I think he's going to get a three-year bridge deal. That's that's what I think he'll get. And they'll give him you know a fair amount on that. Um, I want to see his final numbers before I give you a number because it's kind of unfair because right now we're not you – know, Right. We still got a quarter of the season left. So – but I think that's what they're going to do with them. And it's not necessarily the worst thing. Uh, sometimes you are walking a guy to unrestricted free agency at that point. But I, I do believe it would be fair um, simply because right now this is like the first season. He's a half point a game. He's, he's a top six guy for you right now. So even if he becomes you know a top nine because Couturier does come back, that's fine. Uh, I still think the three-year deal is, is – probably what I would do because right now, long-term there's a lot of things going on with the cap and, and there's also these other things going on with that could affect hockey related revenue uh, with cable networks. So in in a bad way. So I think teams are going to look at things and be a little, little more hesitant to give out those long-term deals. Now, again, we're talking about Chuck Fletcher, so maybe he won't, maybe he will, maybe he will do that even though we don't think he should. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, for me, I think you're right. It's a two or three year deal. And, you know, if I had to pick a money value based on what we know now, I would say probably like two million, one point five to two million. Yeah, I think it's possible he could exceed that. And that's why I didn't want to say anything yet. Right. I think it's possible he can go past that. Yeah. Well, anything's possible with this team. Yeah. I mean, if he, you know, again. You give a situation where if JVR leaves and he really is driving that line and he continues the season at half a point a game, eh, he could be getting a little bit more than that. Yeah. All right. uh, Switching gears over to the Phantoms. Uh, It was a rough week in Phantoms land. Uh, and I think that mostly had to do with them playing Hershey twice. But where... again, this is this is now a problem. Like we were starting to get on board a little bit, and yeah, and now we have the slip back. Yeah, I mean, there's something to it, right? Where the Phantoms just see cannot seem to solve Hershey. No, and you know they lost uh, to Hershey twice this week. Uh, five to two on Wednesday. Saturday it was seven to three. Seven goals is the most they've allowed this season. Uh, it was pretty ugly, I gotta say. That is ugly. Uh, and they, 
they sandwiched it with a win over Wilkes-Barre Scranton four to two, which is the bright spot here because yeah. I think whereas they have not solved Hershey, they've actually been pretty successful against Wilkes-Barre Scranton this year um, to date. And so I, I feel like that's the small win <laughs> this week, yeah. literally and figuratively. Um, the the division is bonkers. It is. Uh, we talked about how how close things were. You know, they're technically in fourth place, but four teams are tied there in points. So it's the Phantoms, Springfield, Bridgeport, and Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. Springfield is on a five-game win streak. Charlotte, who is just above the Phantoms, are on a three-game winning streak right now. And so really, like we've been saying, the difference between third place and eighth place in the division is almost nothing right now. Yeah, I, I just, I don't feel comfortable with it just yet. I don't. And I feel like it's going to be coming down to, you know, the last month of the season, which I guess is better than last year. But uh, they do need to get on some sort of roll and stay on it for more than one week. That's my issue. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it as well. And uh, we are going to have a lot more to say on the Phantoms coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and Haiti taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus and all of those other things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million p different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Russ, uh, talking more about the Phantoms. I think that, you know, you look at what they're doing right now and it feels like more of an individual like prospect development team yes. than a complete team at the moment, which, you know, has its good points for the Flyers, certainly. But at, at the same time, you know, what we've been saying about the Phantoms is that they need to learn how to win and to drive winning play in order to carry that forward to the flyers for those guys that are eventually going to move up. Yeah. And I think that's a great point you make because a lot of people assume because guys are doing well individually that, Hey, things are going well with the phantoms and you know, things are up and down. I I've pulled one stat here that really bugs me. And uh, right now penalty killing overall in the East, they're 14th out of 15. Like that could cost you your season right there. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is something that really with the talent they have, I feel like there's no excuse why it can't be better. Uh, it should be better. I mean, right now they're at 74.4. The top team is at 85.5 with Springfield. You know, they should be somewhere in the middle. 
And the fact that they aren't could really cost them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you are struggling as a team against a particular opponent like Hershey, and, you know, I'm going to put an asterisk next to Hershey a little bit just because, you know, with all the recovered guys in Washington, some of their, you know, players for Hershey got sent back down. Right. Yeah. So they do have some higher end talent with some guys that have just spent, you know, a couple months playing in the in the NHL. And Henrik Lapierre is always a danger on that team. Um, they have a great goaltender, all of that. They're, but, and they're number you know, two in the league. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you look at at that, but you say, well, these top prospects for the Flyers should be able to have more of an impact in a game like this individually. And they're not right now. Uh, I think that, you know, you get little individual plays. I guess the second game against Hershey was better because they did score three times. <laughs> but, you know, but allowing seven, you know, that kind of negates it. Right. But I, I think that you know, of all the the prospects, they really all had their standout performances against Wilkes-Barre Scranton. So Tyson Forrester, two goals that day. Um, Igor Zamula had two assists versus Wilkes-Barre. Ali Lixel had three assists versus Wilkes-Barre. That'll go unnoticed. Um, Don't worry, folks. Well, yes. <laughs> but, That's just a big, oh, well, yeah, he's a good AHL player. Right. Right. But I think, you know, the only one that had more of an impact across the board is Ronnie Adderd, uh, who had two goals and an assist on the weekend. And I think, you know, it's tough because, again, Hershey is, is so strong, but, you know, it, it's a ding on him defensively. There was like a couple of plays, I would say, and especially the first game. But uh, yeah, so I think that some of these guys will need to prove that they can step it up against the tougher competition in order to get a better look. Yeah. I mean, when you break things down, the Phantoms are somewhere between 17th and 20th in the league out of 32 teams. It's a little bit of an improvement, but it ain't great. Yeah. They kind of go back and forth from game to game, whether it's, you know, your top prospects performing well and the rest of the team is just kind of there. And then some games you have, you know, your AHL stalwarts, uh, Cal O'Reilly, you know, stepping up or Brooks stepping up or, or whatnot. It, it's, I mean, here's the they, one they thing need you, to have a more complete team. Effort. But you already said it. Um, the Flyers have some pretty good talent on this team. No question about it, but it's nowhere near the top end talent. When you're talking about a Hendrix LaPierre or guys like that, that's yeah. really, that's the difference here. Like that is the difference. And you know, right now, that's the talent gap with the Flyers system and some other team systems in general. A lot of the Flyers' best prospects are up. That's really, you know, where you're, where it's at. So now you're seeing that, hey, they're good, but they don't have any potential superstars in this in this Lehigh Valley group. They have some good players. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that's the whole thing, though. Like, you know, Hendrick LaPerrier, that's a guy who could really light it up. Like, that guy could be a star in the NHL. The Flyers need a couple of those guys. They do, and they need them in the worst way. We'll see. We'll see if they, you know, either come out of last year's class, you know, uh, or, but but again, I, I just think Cutter Gauthier goes back to school, and so I don't think they're going to get him right away. So I don't know. I don't know where it's going to come from, but that's where you have to play a better, better, that's where you have to play better as a team. You have to make up yeah. for it somehow, and that's where I feel they're lacking. 
Well, they've got a couple more chances to do that against Hershey this week. There you go. Where they're playing them um, on Wednesday and Saturday with a game against Providence in and the Providence middle. Providence is so, really good, too. Yeah, although I think the Phantoms have actually got Providence's number. That's one team they've also been remarkably successful against this season so far that the matchup, for whatever reason, works in the Phantoms' favor. But Hershey is just something they haven't been able to solve. And Yeah, they have Connor you know, McMichael. I'm looking at him. You know, they, they, yeah. they have a good mix of players there. I mean, it's something where you would hope the Flyers would be at this point, but but their mix of players is clearly a little higher end. All that said, yeah, I mean, you know, guys are doing well. Maybe, like you said, maybe they do have um, Bridgeport's number, uh, Providence's number, and that'll help. So I'm just looking this week for improvement against Hershey. Maybe win one of those two games. That would be nice to see. Yeah, I mean, the one thing, this is another thing that you could tell um, that Brink's not quite right. You know, even though he has four goals and six points in 10 games, he only he's only taken nine shots. Like yeah. not, not taken, sorry. He always he always only registered nine shots on net, and so to me that's a big deal because he he's a guy that definitely likes to shoot, and if he's not getting them on net or getting scoring chances, that's that's an indicator. Yeah, well, we're looking for Bobby Brink and the other guys to step up this week uh, in a tough schedule. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing for the Phantoms. They actually had a fun week promotionally uh, where they had, you know, Flyers night. Lou Nolan was there yeah, yeah. on the PA. And then they had an all white jersey, which is the actual uh, fun thing link that we'll put in the show notes where the jerseys were entirely white with orange detail, no black on them whatsoever, except the skates, which really stood out when you're watching the game. Yeah, it just yeah. looked like these feet going around the ice. But I actually really like them. I think they look really cool. You know, the, back in the day when I could cover the Phantoms more, they used to change jerseys quite a bit. These, there's something that's weird about them. There's something I like. I think I like the jersey. I think I hope as far as the pants, I don't. I think that's what it is. I, th I think the jersey on its own would look a lot better. I actually think it would look cooler if it had the, the black pants, to be honest. Right. Well, that defeats the purpose of the white. Well, but I'm just saying, you want to look better, Rachel? You want to, yeah. well, you know. I, I liked it. And I liked it watching the game, too. Then And the numbers really stood out. On yeah, well, yeah. I mean, from well. a media perspective, that's true. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We had a really lovely talk with Hadi Kalakesh, who is a prospects reporter for Dauber and uh, host Locked on NHL Prospects on our network. We went through the whole flyer system and talked about a whole bunch of guys. And more. And <laughs> yeah, and more. So, you know, looking towards the draft as well. So we'll get to that all on tomorrow's show. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send in your mailbag questions. You can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russell at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. Have a great day, everyone.